Hello and welcome to a long overdue, an exciting episode of Token Games Podcast. I'm your host of Sometimes Referee, Zach Sad Pearson, and today I'm joined by that which has risen from the slumber of the afternoon nap, the wielder of House Tono, a one James Tono. Nice to meet you. One day he'll say something exciting. And of course, I'm joined by she whose obsession with fashion knows no bounds. That which tortures me in Fantasy Star for no fucking reason other than she enjoys my suffering. A one, Neko the Goth. It's only because he's jealous of my impeccable style. Maybe in some dimension I haven't heard of before. All right, so today's topics are, uh, well, I know, just I want to preference this by saying, yes, we slash I am well aware a lot of crazy shit happened all in one sitting, and I would love to cover it all. But let me say this to you right now. No, not because of negligence, but because how fucking long would this shit run for? There's a reason we usually don't go past four topics. But... Hey, we may have a double feature podcast, which possibly will be the first time in our history we had more than one podcast in a week. But it won't be today. <laughs> Topic one. The Olympics has a long history of being bought out very easily and also not concerning itself with political issues, as in not caring if they are brought up to outright banning specifically the mention of BLM opening ceremonies during opening ceremonies and went out of the way to mention it to pretty much all participants. Why, in your opinion, did they do this? Topic two. Marvel official phase four announcement was last week. We learned nothing really new other than the cast of Shang-Chi and that the two Marvel and that the two Marvel character movies got fused together. Little disclaimer there. Uh, please remember, Marvel also does have characters who have Marvel in their aliases. This movie that was fused together is the Miss Marvel movie and the Captain Marvel movie. More than likely because they're still pissed at Brie Larson, but I don't care. I love Miss Marvel. But still, no Fantastic Four mentioned. Do you think they may become a Disney Plus show or were they moved to Phase 4, aka Phase X-Men with the mutants and Deadpool? But he's already a mutant, so that was redundant. Topic three, game licensing and franchising is as common as stars in the sky and girls obsessing over cute kittens and puppies. Game licensing and franchising is as common as, oh, oh, slight typo, my bad. However, there is no inherent limitation unless paid for when it comes to game releases. So literally the same character can have three or four games come out in the same year by different companies or franchises can have three or four games come out by different companies within the same year. Looking at you, Dragon Ball. Do you think there should be some type of annual limit or cap on when these titles should be coming out? Topic four. What should be the criteria for canceling a Netflix show in your opinion? Generally speaking, there is no direct correlation with anything and, all, and also almost every show's resident... And almost every show's reasoning has been exclusive, sometimes due to constant over-budgeting, even though it's proven successful, and other times the show is critically and critically and fan-praised, but is canceled without a known reason given. Do you think a streaming service should have a coherent reason listed? Why will I... Why will I want... Huh. Yeah, I did not check that one out. 
Do you think a streaming service should have a coherent reason listed on why it will or won't continue, especially when many of them end with cliffhangers or ultimately, do you feel they don't know anyone, owe anyone an explanation and it doesn't matter what we feel and think since they don't have to tell us why a show is, has been ended. Autocorrect, whoop my ass with topic four. Whilst I go correct this shit, uh, Neko, why don't you start us off confusing me? Right. Let's see here. This is not up my alley. All I can do is kind of give my speculations in all honesty. Um. Now, I hope I don't step on too many toes just because of pure ignorance. But um, I'm a little white girl saying this stuff. So unfortunately, I cannot relate uh, too severely to the uh, BLM, the Black Lives Movement. Or Black Lives Matter movement, excuse me. One day, I, you the definition of a light girl. One day. What? Nothing. I actually didn't hear what he said. Oh dear. No, that's the best part. <laughs> uh, my perception of the Olympics, though, is a bunch of old white guys sitting in a circle, patting themselves on the back for keeping their traditions and shit like that. I've only really looked into the Olympics from the lens of video games and esports. And they're kind of, they're really old school, really traditional. They're kind of like the last, I don't want to say the last group, but like one of the few remaining groups are kind of holding out to their traditions and stuff. Um, not to say they're a bunch of racist fat white guys sitting over there going, ha ha ha, we are so good at everything. But I do feel like they're very scared of hot topics. Now, granted, normally they don't care or they try to like remove themselves from po political things, as Zach said, but this movement was probably so big and so recent that they're scared of it um they're scared or maybe they're scared of violence um it Zach, maybe, maybe you can shed light on this i don't know how close uh the olympics were to um 9-11 and when um terrorism really became like a severe thing did the olympus react at all to that or was it too far away like for them to really uh be concerned about it Put it this way there was the most recent olympics after 9 11 there was practically no barring or banning of anything that implied or showing support in any way shape or form for the survivors and the heroes of that crisis nothing okay, was restricted but then here comes blm and they're like no nah, i don't do shit I'm wondering if it's because it's an internal problem that we have here in America and obviously have had for many fucking years. Maybe they're just so, well, okay, the Olympics isn't internally with America. See, that's the thing. I don't know. The Olympics isn't any up. The shit happens in Japan this year or the next year. So the fact that they're telling people this is very sus. Ooh, you know what? I actually didn't realize that it was in Japan. Japan's interesting when it comes to racial things. They are very, okay. <laughs> right so in our eyes and i i know people are going to probably disagree with this and be very critical of the statement but i'm trying to separate the different cultures here through our eyes as american culture we view japan we can view japan as extremely racist like they will bluntly like walk around blackface it was a joke to them in japan's eyes they don't have the same exposure experiences and history that we do in america so to them it's it's not as serious. They can joke about that stuff. Like, holy, I saw this, but a K-pop girl band and a boy band, or 
was it a K-pop boy band? Whatever. There was a male band that was known for doing blackface for their performances. And the K-pop girl band, not K-pop, I'm sorry, J-pop, did a collaboration with them. So they donned their aesthetic. And this was perfectly okay in Japan. Obviously, that is appalling in American culture. But to them, it's a joke. What? I feel like I've heard about this one, like the Harajuku something. No, it wasn't Harajuku. It was like a actual band. Like this was all set up through their fucking, I don't know, marketing things and stuff like that. Like this wasn't just a fashion choice. This was they were taking the aesthetic of a different band, doing a collaboration with them and all doing that. Like I'll have to find a picture later. But that just goes to show you how Japan doesn't understand uh, racism or at least racism against black people like we do here in America. Like they have their own issues, but Japan's don't talk about it with their issues. So dressing up as Nazis in their weddings, that that shit still blown away by that one. one. Still blown away by that one. That's a real thing, by the way. Oh my gosh, I believe it. So I wonder with the Olympics being in Japan and Japan, I feel like they kind of know that you know racism is bad but they one don't talk about they don't talk about any of their problems in japan that's why they're a fucking wreck right now love them but they are a mess and maybe they're trying because japan does like america they probably know more about americans than uh or they're probably closer to america than they are with other countries maybe the japanese council of the olympics i don't fucking know if they have different groups But maybe those guys are, they understand that BLM was a huge thing in America and they understand that uh, racism is a thing, guys. So maybe they're trying to, in a really weird way, be sensitive to the issues America has had recently while also kind of taking a look at their own culture, being like, hey, guys, you know, the thing that we did that was absolutely hilarious. Maybe don't do that around the Americans. I don't know. That is just my guess. (laughs) Yeah, you were basically the perfect person to give that topic to because you're still confused about a lot of shit. I am very confused. Yeah, I, I I can't count how many times I've literally heard you call yourself a white girl. That shit's hilarious, but also depressing. Oh, oh, I I remember the conversation now. Okay, well, for context, and it my... wasn't really a conversation. It was a one sentence. It was it was like almost two years ago. I was like, hey, Neko, uh, you know you're a light girl, not a white girl, right? And that was literally all I said. Okay. Uh, what I mean, though, is my experiences, even despite me being like half Korean or not half, I'm sorry, quarter Korean, things like that. My experiences are all through the lens of your basic uh, Caucasian person. Like, I don't have any other kind of experiences, uh, even with my background. Being funny. I should stop, but it never stops being funny. <laughs> So that's my like disclaimer. That's all it is. So that is my very limited perspective on the Olympics and my speculation on what's going on with all that. That's all I got. Okay. You may now feel less awkward and go to topic two. I'm terrified. I feel so awkward now. Uh, again, I don't fucking know about any of this shit. Um, they make a so giant Mar- event out of when they announce their next slate of live action products they've been doing it for 10 years and we are on phase four but they did a reveal of new information on phase four i gotcha i'm either gonna make you lose viewers or 
create a cult that wants to that wants to kill me by saying I don't give a shit about Marvel or superhero things. <laughs> I don't follow any of this shit. Um <laughs> but uh it just to me that indicates that they have different plans for it. You um you guys kind of speculated speculated on what if X-Men or the Fantastic Four or whatever are going to get taken by Disney or become a Disney Plus show or something like that. That's what I feel like this is pointing towards. Um, if they're not flat out saying it in Phase 4, and if this is something that people have been wanting for a long time, which is the vibe I'm getting, I think that they already have different plans for it. Um, is it specifically Fantastic Four is the one that you're thinking might become a Disney Plus show? Or um, maybe somebody else has the rights to it. Like, I forget who you mentioned. Fantastic Four. I'm not sure because they keep implying there's going to be a Fantastic Four movie. Because literally uh -huh. in like the last three minutes of the Spider-Man movie, they showed us the construction of the Baxter skyscraper, which is where the Fantastic Four fucking live. And then they said there's going to be a Fantastic Four movie. But then they haven't told us shit else. But now we still haven't seen hide nor hair of him. All I can imagine is that maybe as somebody else, well, not owns the rights, but yeah, that's all I can really think of. Um, I was gonna say maybe. So Fantastic Four, you guys, we know that something is coming. No idea what, but something, or at least there's implications of it, which. In all reality, implications don't always mean shit. What movie was it? Oh, the Teen Titans go to the movies thing where they did that uh, Easter we egg at the end. Back. I was so mad at that. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're never getting anything like that back. They literally just did that to troll their audience. Not saying that Marvel's a bunch of uh, shitheads who are trying to troll their audience, but like... I, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Hopefully there's something there. It feels right up the alley of big um big groups and superhero stuff to uh give that little teaser but then take fucking forever to actually like give the mo oh fuck, I just realized I'm in a game and I was on a time limit in that game. Okay, I paused it. We're good now. Uh so yeah. That's all I really got for that. Um, I was going to say maybe Fantastic Four and X-Men were like their um, lowest lowest profitable one. And maybe that's why they're kind of being thrown to the wayside. But I don't believe that. I Like I said, I don't follow the superhero universe too much. But I do know people are like diehards for even the more obscure heroes or... Fans get really excited for old stuff that gets brought back or exploring other parts of the superhero universe. Um, like I said, I don't really know how big these guys are, but the people I've seen uh, who watch some of the superhero cartoon shows that do explore side characters more, people eat that shit up. It's really fun. Even I was kind of getting into it a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. You should at least watch The Defenders. And Disney's a fucking monopoly. So yeah, Disney's probably like, yeah, we got this shit. We're just going to do something else. It's going to probably ruin it. Because Disney. I really wish you didn't start with me. So once again, game licensing and franchising. As common as it is. Uh, same character can have three or four games come out in the same year by different companies or franchises. 
do I believe this should be a cap or anything? No. Bottom line is, I don't care. Like, I'm not saying it's a good thing for uh, so many games to be churned out with the same character or same franchise. Uh, it could potentially hurt that franchise or that um, series or that character because people are going to get bored. They're going to start to get annoyed seeing this character over and over and over and over again. But with so many video game companies and so many people churning out video games, if some of them burn and die, I don't care. That's in me. To me, that's a good thing. It's kind of a very, uh, what's my for? I guess cynical way to look at it, but it, it, to me, it's kind of like the um, circle of life or cycle of life in the video game world. The good games will survive. The good games will do well, and the people who are just churning out trash will fail. And I think that's a good thing. It's oh fuck, what is it? Darwinism, kind of, <laughs> but for video games. The good ones will live on and pass on their genetics. The bad ones will burn and die. And that's probably a good thing. I wouldn't want to see like big name ones uh, burn and die. Like let's say Mario starts pumping out stuff too quickly, which frankly they kind of already do. Um, actually, they're probably a bad example because they already have a cult following. Nintendo's been critical for years with their Mario franchises, even their Pokemon franchises. And we still eat up their shit like it's fucking life itself. I'm not going to say I'm not one of those people. I'm excited about the new Pokemon games. But I've bought nearly every single one, even the ones I think are bad. Like, uh, I think Sun and Moon I didn't like, or whichever one was on the island. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Something's in my throat. Hold on. Simp! <coughs> oh, shit. Excuse me. I'm a simp for Nintendo. That's fine. I'd rather be a simp for Nintendo than some e-thought who sells her bathwater. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And just so we're uh, clear, I didn't buy the bathwater. We know people who did, and I do not respect them. Oh, dear. Yeah, if I knew somebody who did that personally, I, mm, it's done. <laughs> I love how you had to start that, though, with, let's make it clear, I just not do it. No one better call me a simp. Nice. Well, if I was implying you were a simp, and you implied someone else is a worse simp, I want to make sure I'm not that someone else. <laughs> okay, touche, touche. Um... So yeah, I just kind of think this is the natural cycle of video games, at least where we are now. We can turn back the, the clock like 10 years or so, or maybe 20 years. We didn't have every indie game or every indie game developer and their mothers trying to produce tons of games. Or we had things like Steam, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Then maybe no, I would think they'd be better to control this stuff so that we didn't um, flood the market or kind of get to where we are today. But since we are at this point where it's so, I don't want to say the word easy to develop games, but it's a lot more accessible and a lot more people are doing it. I think it's fine for some to sink or swim. And I think it's fine for some companies who make the poor decision to churn out garbage. No, that's actually kind of harsh. It's not saying that all these games are garbage. Um, the ones who aren't good at decision making or marketing or just business in general, for them to unfortunately fail, I think is fine. We can't be holding everyone's hands or I, I don't think the government would ever help out video games. But it's like we can't get the higher ups or government or whatever helping out these little companies going, it's okay that you wasted all your money by churning out five, six games within three months of the same exact goddamn character. Let them fail, let them rebrand, or let them just dissolve away, and then maybe those talented artists go somewhere else. Wow, that sounds really harsh now that I say it. Because, uh, you know, jobs and everything, and I want to support the artist. Don't but, make me say this too often, but it's okay. Facts do not care about people. <laughs> True. 
But uh, companies need to, I don't know, I know it's not realistic to expect companies to care about their product and care about their customers or consumers. They only care about making money. That's why we get so many of these problems where you beat a dead horse. But I want those companies to fail and I want the ones who are truly in love with making video games and truly want to create an experience, you know, something that maybe takes five years to create this beautiful one-of-a-kind game. Those are the ones I want to succeed. And I think by letting the trash take itself out, we'll get more of that or those will shine through. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but that's how I feel about that situation. I would just I would just like to point out that Neko would make a good Wesker. I know she doesn't know who that is, but... I do not. <laughs> And the last one, I have not personally uh, experienced this on Netflix. I'm not the kind of person who just watches tons of random shows. I tend to only watch things that are the continuations of stuff I like, or maybe I'll watch the random new show. Like, I checked out Disenchanted on Netflix, and I liked it. I This is a conspiracy theory here. I have no idea if this is true, but I wouldn't put it past, you know, big greedy companies. I feel like it's a uh, publicity stunt in a way. Where, so you guys were talking about how some really popular series that everyone loves is doing really well, probably making tons of money, just get canceled for no reason or don't get renewed for their next season. I feel like this is a stunt that Netflix is doing so that later on they can bring it back and everyone will flip their shit over it. Think about Avatar. People were going batshit insane for Avatar because not saying that Netflix like did this to Avatar like it was a show running on them then they canceled it. But by bringing back uh, Avatar to Netflix and I think they even put Legend of Korra on there too. They brought so many more people to their platform. They probably made a lot of money just by milking this cult following that Avatar already had. So if you can do the same thing with shows on Netflix or new shows on Netflix that create cult followings, take away what they are like horny as fuck for and then give it back to them, you know, carrot and a stick sort of situation. Yeah, you'll probably make a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you guys can let me know if you've seen this happen yet or not. Obviously, I have not seen this happen personally, but um, I can see it. Uh, popping up in the future where they're like, yeah, we brought back whatever this show is. Yeah, <laughs> pretty simple one there. At least close to a hundred times. There's a lot of things I can think of, but uh, yeah, let's just say it. Well, for one thing, Hollywood's favorite pastime is reboots. We all know this and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. We, it's getting, at first I thought it was cute that my generation's nostalgia was being uh, targeted. It was like, oh, so much fun. We're getting all this old stuff back. And then it ended up being very bad. Of course. Now I'm getting sick of the nostalgia targeting and just the reboot after reboot. Like, I understand creativity is dead. Powerpuff Girls. The easiest shit to not fuck up. Well, okay, you know, I'm not going to say it's not the it's the easiest thing to not fuck up because cartoon, the limitations on cartoons back in the day are a lot different than today. Like when you go back and watch a lot of cartoons from the 90s and early 2000s, they had more um, subtle, raunchy humor than our current ones do. That's why I love cartoons like um, Defenders of Pure Heart Valley. Uh, wait, the Defenders fuck is that Mau? shit? Whatever. Mau Mau. The Mau Mau cartoon. Um, Mau Mau is it's not it doesn't have as much like hidden adult jokes in it like some of the raunchy stuff that you would get in pop of girls and fairly odd parents in the 90s cartoons but there's a lot of actually really dark humor that they just kind of gloss over very quickly so the i don't know preteens uh that the show was intended for because it is very much a kids cartoon on cartoon network 
right? Cartoon Network was playing it? I think so. Uh, they're so fast with their darker humor, or they dance around their darker humor so vaguely that, like, it's only the adults who are like, wait a minute, that was kind of dark, or wait a minute, that was slightly inappropriate, and it's absolutely hilarious. So they're doing it in a little bit of a different way, and Fairly Odd Parents and some of the other shows, they would just kind of briefly mention something, or they would do, like, innuendo or imply stuff. Mau Mau's not necessarily direct, but it's just, it's really fast. Like, if you don't catch it, it's like, wait, wait, what? One episode, I think Mau Mau just literally murders somebody, and he's supposed to be the hero. <laughs> so I love that. But most cartoons these days aren't like that, because we have all these goddamn, like, restrictions, and it has to be appropriate for kids, and everyone's too fucking sensitive. I'm looking at all you fucking snowflakes out there. There was almost a character named Snowflake. Oh, God. Kill me. I keep remembering and forgetting, and I don't know which one is less painful. Right? Knowing that so, they were almost going to do it, or that knowing that they realized it sucked so bad, they never did it. I'm so happy they realized the errors of their way. They needed to reflect on that. Anyway, so reboots are almost just inherently bad because the reasons why we loved those cartoons back in the day, also because we were kids, they're not going to stand up to today's standards with all of our sense of as fuck parents and stupid children. Children are stupid. Oh my God, I hate them. They're cute sometimes, but I hate them. Uh, I got on a completely different tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey James, would uh, you like to know why she said that statement and why it's ironic? Please say yes. Maybe. <laughs> Quit being a pussy and pick one. Just maybe. I like James. Um But yes, yeah, so <laughs> sorry about that random ass tangent. But yeah, so I think it's all just a stunt to get more money to uh, create fake hype because of the way that we live these days in a world of internet, social media, following trends, going viral, shit like that. Like, it's amazing how much has changed since like 2010. But um, companies who can figure out these, uh, what's it for? I guess patterns we'll call it kind of same thing as trends and actually you can see more and more companies kind of figuring this stuff out and creating like creating these viral situations or like faux creating this hype and stuff like that this is just another way for netflix to do it and the people like us who are more involved in media is not the right word i guess entertainment stuff like that we kind of watch uh different like watch different series trends and things like that. I'm not trying to say like we're watching the series, but you guys notice things like that. You notice that Netflix is just randomly canceling shit. Not saying that we're not susceptible to falling into this trap and that Netflix isn't going to profit off us. Cause like if I was watching a series and they did that to me, I'd be pissed. I probably would realize what's going on with Netflix. But unfortunately when they bring it back, I'll still watch it. Cause fucking we're all selfish people. We just want our entertainment. What? Uh-huh. I can't tell if you said simp or something else. I think your microphone cut off. <laughs> but, but yeah, this is just another ploy. Maybe it's a conspiracy theory. and Maybe Netflix is just being stupid and they're trying to make room for new shows. So they're canceling some. But that doesn't seem... That's not normal. If a show is successful, a company's going to milk that until it's like dried into dust. That's what big companies like that do. 
So yeah, I think that's all I got on those. Uh, sorry, this I didn't have too much more of the stuff, but conspiracy theories all around, everyone. I believe it's a conspiracy. Hey, look, we almost got 30 minutes, so theoretically, you did exactly what was expected of you, so I wouldn't be too salty about it. James, your turn. I'm just going to keep it short and simple. Then topic one, they already fucked up. They just don't want anything to happen in this whole entire shenanigans. Topic two, uh, as much as a big Fantastic Four fan, I mean, they really just messed up and not to show it. And they just know darn well they just freaking cocktails. Well, as much as part of a, a fan of a, a fan of them as well, but they just really they just really bunch of bunch of trolls for doing for doing as such. It's part as as far as for the X Men, uh, part as for the X Men with the mutants. And how it has to turn into a, a phase five instead of a phase four. I mean, it's been a long time that we haven't seen an actual movie except the first the first class one that's about a few years ago, I believe. I just like how everyone says they're not gonna watch an X-Men movie because they never liked the old ones. I'm like, they weren't made by Marvel. That's fair. <clears throat> Oh, by the way, I still got to get both you two to watch Legion somehow. Jeez, I would, would like to see it. But, yeah, topic topic three. Yeah, it. I have a big issue with this. And Neko here already pretty much said everything that I'm about to, that I have a whole entire opinion about. But with with the whole character's been revealing itself over and over and over and over again, I will say Sonic, for example. And oh god, as much as I like the blue blur, I mean, he might need to take a break sometimes, like a long break. Not. Uh, so I want to expand on that, actually. So, yeah, how do you feel about um, the quality of games that have been coming out for Sonic? Like, do you see them churn them out really fast and they suck? Or do you see think that they're still suck. taking time on them? They I don't suck. Think so. They suck. <laughs> I, would, I would say they suck. Like someone just woke up, rolled out of bed and said, shit, I got to turn in a game to Sega today. What's Sonic doing right now? Sucking? Okay, let's get him to suck harder. And at the same time, you'll play a Sonic game. So epic. Your childish wonder you thought once lost to you and only afforded to the truly youthful is returned to you. It's like holding or looking at boobs for the first time and holding them. And then they turn around and make some hot ass booty garbage again. Theory again here. I wonder if some of the big game companies uh, who just have their cash cows like Sonic, Mario, etc., I wonder if they sometimes purposefully release a bad game and then like maybe they had a good game or a good idea um, on the back burner and they release a good one just to revive the hype and excitement in it. Like Pokemon, Pokemon's fucking doing that. Does the name Yuji Naka or Yuji Nakamura sound familiar to you? 
and not with and not with Pokemon. I will tell you that much. You can you can really you can really tell about their imaginations with with every other Pokemon they just created. Like a freaking chandelier. Now that's just unoriginal okay 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 small tangent here as much as i give pokemon shit for coming up with the dumbest new pokemon i forgot that ducklet the blue duck was released yeah. in season three i'm sorry game three i was like oh wow Gen generation three there we go words it's a blue duck does the name yuji nakamura or yuji naka sound familiar to you neko no not even the creators left of Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, literally. There was about three people involved, and I believe two of them are dead, or only one of them is dead. Also, the guy who died, the first one, he also created the Ratchet and Clank design. Now, do you know why he quit Sega, the company? Because they started sucking. Ha <laughs> mm, I, I can't say no to that, and I can't say yes, but you're getting close. Okay, so... There was going to be an epic and legendary Sonic game because according to Yuji Naka, basically they got the formula almost just right for Sonic moving at high speeds in a video game. Which as we all know, any character moving at a high speed when it's not a linear format is hard to do. And the only people on the forefront of that shit is basically Sonic the Hedgehog because everybody else is making a car game. So he showed a game off. It was going to run on the PS3. And it was going to be on a 360, I think, too. And it was going to be epic as shit. Sega was putting a true, true investment behind it. This game was supposedly going to have costs, but be their most expensive game at the time of creation, the, the rumor had at the time. Yuji Naka was running it. But for some reason, two or three months before the game came out, Yuji Naka quit the entire company. Then the game came out. Let me tell you how bad this game was. Almost every single meme associated with a terrible game is indirectly or directly linked to Sonic 06, which has been nicknamed Sonic 666. Oh, no. And also the last boss was Lucifer, if memory serves, or a Lucifer allegory. So, ironic. This game was so incomplete and unfinished and bad, hot-ass booty garbage. Believe me when I tell you, the instruction manual has a list of abilities that Sonic has in the game that don't work in the game. Sonic's physics are so fucked up, he can fall through the world. And on top of it, some of the voice actors didn't even get to finish recording their lines and edit them properly. So some of the lines are literally just the actors saying the line the normal way and then saying it in an acting way. So they literally released the unfinished game. Like, I know we joke a lot about that um, these days with games as a service, but they just blatantly, yeah, we didn't finish this. Here you go. Because they wanted to meet some bullshit ass holiday deadline that didn't need to be there. And a lot of companies do this. They will have a game, but they want to meet a deadline or they want to meet a market and be the first ones out on the market when a new system comes out. So they'll re-release an old game or... They'll put the new shit in an old version, in a new version of a game that the old people can't access. Devil May Cry comes to mind, but that's another matter entirely. But here's the thing. I think he didn't say it specifically. He's never stated it. But the fact that he left three months before that game came out, he didn't want that stink on his record. But unfortunately, it's not going to stop because 
Who is the most recognizable person in all of Sonic Team? It's Yuji Naka. Because no one else knows anybody else's fucking names. So anytime a good game or a bad game comes out, people blame it on him. And it's sad. It really is. Because Sonic Team can make a good game. But at the same time, Sonic Team will fuck up what could have been a good game. You know how depressing that is? You literally are basically gambling every time you buy a Sonic game. You rather see a person who make um, <clears throat> an indie person makes a Sonic game better than a company themselves. And I know that sounds fucked up, Neko, but that actually happened. The game Sonic Mania, the one that they even made a YouTube cartoon out of, that game, yeah, they literally hired people who have been making Sonic-themed fan games to make the entirety of the game, and it's considered one of their best 2D games let alone Sonic games that has ever existed. Not in the past 10, 20 years, period. That doesn't surprise me at all. Get the developers, uh, of course, because it's look at, look at my project. It When people can make what studios don't care about and do it better than them, they'll always make it better than they will. Mm -hmm. I don't, I know for a fact, I'm not going to be selling as many copies as like uh, I, I, eight and 10 figures of copies for my fucking game when it drops. But I know one thing, it's going to have better combat, gameplay, mechanics, proficiency, and efficiency, and aesthetics and art style than every single version of Resident Evil Mercenaries Capcom has ever made. Because Capcom doesn't give a shit about it. They give a shit about the DLC they can put in Mercenaries mode, not Mercenaries mode itself. And I met them at E3. I told them, I literally told all of them, thank you. You gave me hope that it was possible to have a good Sonic game without there being some type of catch. I, I told them that to their face. Christian Whitehead and his whole entire crew. Bro, they gave me a limited edition copy of the instruction manual with all their autographs. It's nice. Yeah. And now I think about it, shit, yeah, I still gotta get you tickets to E3, but, well, it oh, technically yeah, isn't a physical E3, but we'll cross that bridge when they start doing that again. Oh shit, now I remember what I was supposed to tell you, but yeah, that's not for this. But yeah, go ahead, James, continue. So like that big that big entire issue that it just makes you want to lean towards like indie players most of the time and want to see like a different character like a different story so on and so forth the reboots is just really over over complicated and really biased and it gets and it gets boring sometimes not sometimes but like a lot <laughs> so my thing with this whole entire topic three is they it's it's becoming it's becoming like <laughs> How graphics cards or everything else try to make uh trying to just speed out the same like a different design, but it's just the same shit, really. And I'll just leave it at that. Topic four. There should have been a like a due date. They really didn't they're really not supposed to oh uh, they really Oh my god, they should they should have a like a, 
a, an expiration date on some shows. So that way, so that way, okay, yeah, sure. This this is um, going at least a few a few a few months or a few days to months, and then I just watch something else, or maybe or maybe I'll just find it on a, on something on something like this online, really. For this entire thing with Netflix and for kicking out those shows, I mean, kicking out paper shows, it's like they knew, they, it knew they were about to pop up, but why, but for why doing as such, and it makes them, it's not make, it's not only making the person who made the show money, it will make Netflix more money too. That would just help them by, with hand in hand. And for them to kick that out and just throw some shows that no one will usually just gonna watch, it's just losing. It's just losing views or like traffic that more new people might just come over and just simply just watch. Like I could just tell you now, there's um an old movie that was in Netflix. I don't know what it is, but you can just simply either find it on a free movie website. Like there are many, many websites that have like free, you can watch a, a an old, a very old movie for free without any subscriptions. There are many. For example, like one, two, three movie <laughs> or Vizu's or something like that. Even even those like free movie websites, they even have like free shows, cartoon shows, just stuff like that, you know. But my thing with Netflix is. They really need to stop with this because you know it's why why just want to i mean why do they have to bring uh, have to like a <clears throat> had to dangle a carrot right in front of their viewers you know and it just like take it away and then have have a person to uh, be patient for me i'd be like nah uh -uh, i'm not gonna have that I'll just watch it somewhere else. Now just leave it at that. Hey Neko. Yeah. Go make a LinkedIn account. Topic one. Um. All right. So. Yes. All the yeses. Is this a possible conspiracy? Yes. Is there some corrupt shit going on behind the scenes? Yes. Is somebody being manipulated because like almost all of corporate America, even though the Olympics are not corporate America, they immediately have a knee jerk reaction of saying, nah, fuck this shit. We out because dumbasses don't know what's going on. And instead of learning, they rather just say, fuck it. Yes. Is it disturbing 
that of all the things that could possibly happen and be brought up that have ever been brought up in the history of the Olympics, the Paralympics, here we are specifically being told don't show BLM anything on any public broadcast. Out of everything that's ever happened wrong with the world and at the Olympics, including but not limited to illegal narcotics being used, needing more condom, need, needing more than 100,000 condoms for the entirety of the Olympic air, the Olympic hotel running out of those. And let's let I forget most of these fucking athletes are married, not touching that one though, because remember only the athletes are allowed on the fucking Olympic hotel. And on top of it, assassinations reminder, Hitler took out two of his, uh, Two of his runners or two of his athletes came remember what they were in because they lost to any other ethnicity that wasn't German, nationality and ethnicity that wasn't German. What am I, what am I forgetting? Oh, but they're so noble, quote unquote, they will take medals from runners and para-Olympic runners who have an immediate advantage by not having legs. Years after they won shit. But BLM's a problem? But BLM's a problem. And then when Michael Phelps went to a party, showed up drunk, and literally fell into a bong, don't get me wrong, Michael Phelps does in fact smoke weed, but he wasn't smoking weed in the picture that they put up in the middle of the Olympics during an international broadcast. Singled him out. Yeah, there's always some fucking shady shit going on at the Olympics. Make absolutely no mistake. But this one... It's hard to gauge. It's fucked up, yes, in every sense of the word, but how is the problem? Because, example one, somebody in North America, Britain, and any other place where they have a history of fucking with, well, black people, France, especially France, they could have paid the Olympic people to say that. Or someone in the Olympics decided he knew everything that there was known about BLM and doesn't know it and blatantly lied slash manipulated his fellow Olympic employees that are on the high level and the top brass to say some shit like that. Or it could be a complete and total accident and they think they'll get less viewership if you mention BLM. There are so many things. So many things. So I'm not going to say it's one conspiracy, but I'm saying all things are valid until we get anything that can lead to a direct question or response. But as far as my opinion goes, like I said, I think all of them. I think every single possible thing I say could be the reason why. Not just one thing. Unfortunately, realistic. That's tons of awful shit. Because yeah. the Olympics is not run bipartisanly, internationally, This that's always a possibility. Now, topic two. I think that it took them too long to figure out who was going to play the fan play uh, the characters for the Fantastic Four or figure out if it's going to be a TV, uh, one of their Disney Plus shows and a movie or just a movie. I think that's why we haven't heard anything, even though they've been playing Fantastic Four since supposedly the end of the first Avengers movie. No, not the first, the second Avengers movie. Sorry. 
And let's not act like Kevin Feige doesn't do shady shit. But he's not, you know, a genuine asshole. Kevin Feige shady shit is like Captain Marvel. Fun fact. Did y'all know Captain Marvel was supposed to appear near the end of the Avengers 2 movie? From that came out in like 2015. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Here's how he did it though. He fucking lied to the writer and director, told them the character was going to happen, but then the minute they would leave the room, tell everybody, nah, they're not going to show up. That's a dick move. What's the point of doing that? Like, Yeah, he's the one in charge. Why are you doing that? Just say no. That's what pissed me off. Shit, she would have been better off in fucking that movie too. Everyone tried to bank on Captain Marvel, but didn't realize, oh, don't nobody want to fuck with Brie Larson. And Disney really don't like attitude shit. That's why uh, Don Cheadle is War Machine instead of Terrence Howard, because Terrence Howard is basically a sociopath. That's why Edward Norton didn't continue playing the Hulk, because Edward Norton is basically a sociopath, but he's far, far worse. He will go and rewrite scripts or redo and re-edit the final copy of movies behind the directors and editors which is basically literally unheard of for someone to even attempt to do. So a lot of people don't want to fuck with him. Edward Norton's career is, is practically dead. He, his ego, he, he's possibly the only person in California with an ego bigger than Kanye. Now, I, I'd like to say that's a hyperbole, but no, that's legitimate. Um, now, as far as the X-Men, I think they don't know who they all want to play them. And I think they don't know where, or not where, sorry, what era of X-Men on type they want to have or where to start. Because you got to remember the X-Men, that's plural. Base level, any X-Men comic, there's about 12 characters in rotation. Some good, some bad. As far back as the 70s. The normal teams usually have around six, seven people. And then if they get too many, but they're still popular, they be, they color the teams. They'll go blue team, gold team, red team, black team, blah, blah, blah team. But they know how to mix in the super popular characters with the not as popular characters and still write a good story. In fact, if you ever want to get a, a good jump on point in X-Men books, and I know this just because I asked somebody, look up X-Men gold, blue, and red. They're different books, different cast, and you can follow the stories easily in a big-ass volume. I recommend X-Men Red. They gave Nightcrawler a beard for the first time in Nightcrawler history. He had a fucking beard. And it worked. I know, just the thought of Nightcrawler with a beard alone. Like, does it make him look more like Beast or someone else? Anyways. At a bare minimum, they gotta figure out 20 characters. Professor Xavier, who's going to be Magneto. Who the fuck are going to be the rest of the mutants? No names who look like the characters or accomplished people who may cost too damn much. You know, it's a give and a take. It's never just one reason why characters in a movie or franchise don't show up or do show up. That's, that's the curse and the blessing of having a big cast. It's a matter of how involved are these people? How much do they cost? How much are they in the final product? Also, egos. Avengers works because if you stop and look at it, 
They never had a situation where every single Avenger is in the same place at the same time. And if they did, it was because the other people who we knew are going to be in the movie aren't technically Avengers and they're not all in the same place. Avengers 1 and Avengers 2. Everybody wasn't in the same place till near the end of the movie. And they were only in the same place for less than 10 minutes. Of, uh, um, I'm sorry, not uh, Infinity War, not 1 and 2. Infinity War. Then you get to Endgame. Half the people that were helping them out weren't Avengers. But then when they got the old Avengers back, they were immediately up to speed courtesy of Doctor Strange. So, what happened? Almost nobody talks to anybody during that epic-ass war fight scene. If you really stop thinking about it, that whole fight scene, there was literally less than a full-page dialogue. Spider-Man introduced himself to Captain Marvel. He talked to Tony. Drax did his famous stab a dagger really fast and scream. Ah! I don't know why it's fun to watch that, but it is. I love Drax. He's great. And of course, the two best parts of it. Cap, on your left. And you saw everyone lose their shit. And the second best part, when Captain America pulled back the big hammer, Thor's like, no, 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 no. I get the big one. You get the little one. <laughs> And of course, special bonus, I am Iron Man. That was basically it. So imagine trying to balance a sub-franchise within the entirety of Marvel that gets them the most money for decades outside of Spider-Man, has the collection of their most popular characters, and some people that are internationally recognized household names. Storm is possibly one of the most popular, if not biggest and important female characters in all of fiction because she carries so much shit with her name. It She's compared to Wonder Woman, but here's the thing. Fucking Storm is way more famous and recognized than Wonder Woman. But at the same time, a lot of fiction by the nation is divided. So no one's really calibrating and calculating who is the most popular female character in fiction in, you know, Britain, in uh, fucking South Korea, shit like that. But because we're North America and our shit has been everywhere and gotten everywhere courtesy of, well, ironically, the British making English uh, the secondary language of almost the entire fucking world, you can see Storm. Even if you don't play the comics. No one really liked Halle Berry as Storm, except Halle Berry, apparently, I think. It's not really sure. But if they made a bad Storm, people would be up their ass. If they made a bad Wolverine, people will claw their ass. But guess what? There's more than one Wolverine now. There's been seven people to call themselves Wolverine. Seven. I think the problem is, is that they probably want to do too many things instead of starting in one centralized location. And also factor this in, they don't wanna go and do or retell the exact same one-to-one story that maybe Fox already did. And then here's Deadpool as an X Factor, but Deadpool's Deadpool. I'm just glad they didn't change his movies to PG-13. That would piss me off. So yeah, I think the main reason for Fantastic Four is that 
they don't know if they want to have it be a movie and a show or maybe just a show and they show up in the movies and for the x-men i think they don't know what to do because they could literally do everything and they don't know how to pace it plus they still got to figure out the actors they could probably have the entirety of the entirety of the the fucking uh agent the the international entirety of the english speaking agencies beating down their doors to show them people I think it's just they didn't realize they, how much they had to chew before they bit into it. Finally, topic four. Look, well, the first part of this, the criteria I think should be related to popular, not so much popularity, but cost of development and availability of the primary cast. And I'm going to tell you why. Here's the thing you need to remember. Netflix, at the end of the day, is a business. I get that. I totally get that. But they're a business that relies on subscriptions in real time. That means unlike every other studio, every other developer, every other possible entity in person, they have more to lose. Because essentially they are now making themselves work like a broadcast network. The irony of that. So ironic. So. They have to divide their money up. And they also almost have to guesstimate. If they'll get new people. Or just the millions upon millions that they have. Already looking at something. It's two different things. Remember that. Getting people to stay on your... They have to worry about... Everybody has to worry about viewer retention. Here's what they have to worry about specifically. Getting people to subscribe. Getting people to want to stay subscribed. And then... Getting people to watch their content. Because remember, Netflix gets money two ways. Their own content. Someone else's content. So here I am... I make a show that cost me 10 million to make. I get to season two. And don't get me wrong. It increases the viewership subscriber base. Let's say I get an extra million people subscribed. I make some decent money. And then I get to season two. And they're telling me they can't give me a quote lower than twice that. So 20 million to make season two. I get to season two. I mean, season three. They want twice that again. They want 40 million. But remember... I have to divide this money up, pay for marketing and advertising promotion. Then on top of that, I have to basically shop some of these actors around so they can do reviews. I mean, not reviews to do talk shows and promote the product because that's a whole nother fee. And on top of that, I have to go and make sure that even though this show is super popular, the people watching it are new people, not just old people. Because if the old people watching it, eventually it's not going to become worth it. I get that. I totally get that. I understand that, that part. So I'm going to say this. How much it's cost versus how much it brings in. I know that's the most basic bitch answer ever, but that's how I feel about that. Now, as far as what, why it's happening so much. 
or why I think they're doing this. I'm going to tell you why. I think sometimes it may just be actor availability. And the directors or writers going to Netflix say, hey, we can't book the same guy again until three or four years down the line. Or, hey, we can't book the same guy or girl again or have the cast again unless we pay them to break a contract. Because that actually does happen. People don't realize it because they phrase it differently. But normally when an actor's contracted to go and do a TV show, but they get like a really, really big million dollar movie deal. What's actually happening is they're being paid. They pay a company to let them violate their contract and not sue them basically, essentially. So I think it may be a matter of time for the actors. So Netflix says, uh, well, cancel that. Tell you what, make us another show. We'll probably let you do it. Because you got to remember, Netflix makes its original content not based on the nation. They're doing it based on what they have available and what they can fuck with. Whether it's the licensing department for cartoons and animations to be rebooted. Whether it's foreign shit that did well in one nation and they decide to put in subtitles or an audio dub for North America. Or it's an, another X factor we're not aware of. Maybe two popular actors we can get to come in. And when we get them to come in, they end up uh, being super popular at this point in time. Let's put them together since we got them in the movie. We can book them right now. Or maybe it's just a series that's cheap to develop, but we know this person in charge is popular. Let's give it a shot. All types of reasons. But I think the main reason shit that's critically well, critically acclaimed, gets fan praise, is well universally loved, the actor availability, or how much it costs to develop. But the problem is, the fact that we even have to have this topic for, they're not telling us why. So those are my two best theories, and I think they're the most realistic as far as answers go for pretty much everything else I, <laughs> I had an answer for. So, uh, yeah. With that being said, uh, I'm going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, Tono, you got any final statements? I swear this motherfucker swear. fell asleep again. No, 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 I'm good. No, I had to switch to something else, but yeah, I'm I'm good. No, I just love the different uh, outlook on it. Uh, thank you for shedding some light and like a different part or a different reason why um each of these things is going on. But yeah, like all a lot of this just speculation. So who is to really say? And we now have a new member to the podcast, but, uh, you know, I haven't added them yet. Anyways. Um, okay. With that being said, this brings this episode of Token Games Podcast to a close. We literally might do another one this week because so much crazy shit happened. It's not even funny. But with that being said, I will see you guys when I see you guys. Yeah, I hit the wrong button. Whoops. That's hilarious.